and let's talk about the new normal. And um, before we get into it, uh, you and I were on a panel at the VAB a couple of months ago now. Wow, who would have thought that this is where we would be? Right. Um, and you define TV from a different lens or a much broader lens, which is exactly how it should be uh, deemed. Mm -hmm. um, so let's j just give me your, um, like, let's establish that up front. Like, give me your definition of how you think about TV before we get into the meat of some of what you guys are seeing from the brands in this new normal for COVID-19. Yeah, I think to not segment and get into biases, we really kind of couched it as all things video. Um, mm -hmm. Because in a lot of instances, we're using the, uh, the same asset across a series of uh, uh, video types, from linear to, to, you know, if you're talking about spot cable, to uh, VOD, to full episode player or FEP, to connected TV, to native video, to YouTube is kind of its own conversation, to now social video, Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, it's, it's very, it's easier just to talk about the expansive landscape of the video conversation and what your, your business strategy is based upon how people break down decisions about your product or category. Uh, it's very yeah. hard if you, if you compartmentalize too much, um, you, the conversation is lost in terms of well, what matters. And w the other thing is we had to get away emotional attachment to media types, which exists not only on the agency side, but. The, you know, the publisher side and, and the brand side. And that emotional connection, you know, what you're most you know, relative, uh, uh, familiar with, what you grew up with, what your background expertise is in, lends mm -hmm. to biases around this type versus that type. So when we, when we couch it as all things video, we can have a much more mature conversation about how expansive a brand should be around that narrative. Agree. And I think, you know, you and I were talking in the first quarter of this year about this TV evolution being slow. Yes. And frustrating the hell out of me. I, I know that much. Yeah. And I think, you know, from an attribution standpoint, we talk about TV squared as cross-platform. Correct. And it's making TV look like digital. And certainly when I sit on the couch at nighttime, which has now become the new movie theater because that's where we all are popcorn too um yeah like, like uh danielle deloro um at the vab described it as the new water cooler yeah you know it's kind of like we're you know we're all we're all hanging out we've come together because the tv is consistent and we're in this time of fear and uncertainty and crisis yeah. yes. but but we think about it as cross-platform and you know my 10 year old is certainly not saying to me mom is that streaming is that linear is that ctv <laughs> right like, just seeing a show and she's watching an ad and i think i love the way you describe the emotional attachment yes to me to media because it really is culturally yes um those are the those are the things that are holding us back, right? It's yes. always like the upfronts, the way it's always traditionally been done. Perfect example. And, and here we have an opportunity to change that and really move things, move things forward. So really excited for this conversation. So when we first dig into this, we think about capitalizing on attention. Yep. And 
I know, Albert, that you believe that COVID-19 has forced us to turn to things that will distract us from fear, which is why, of course, we just touched on this. TV has become this even bigger thing in our lives. Um, and I know also that you have your own podcast. So, hey, you know what? Next time I'll be your guest. Absolutely. Um, he talk, you talk about the importance of the attention stack. Yes. Tell me about that. Let's talk about that. So if you were to look at um, the traditional model, it, from supply chain all the way through to ad exposure, there, there are different stacks. And it, look, it, it gets very convoluted. Uh, but the one that's emerged most recently, when you start thinking about the notion of direct to consumer and how it's going to, mm-hmm. it's changing marketers' mindsets and the move, removing the importance on supply channel players like wholesalers and retailers in being more obsessed about what the consumer thinks about, the first thing you have to get into is where they put in their attention. And that brings you to the, 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 the uh, maturation of the attention stack. Look, where are pity people just l- sort of losing themselves in the moments? It's not so much just the micro moments like the Google talks about, you know, how many times we look at our cell phone a day. It really is uh, that, that the, where we spend a lot of depth uh, in terms of just our time that really starts to shape shift the impressions of how we navigate, uh, align, react to, uh, respond to, participate in the world around us. And a lot of that just is socially driven. Um, not only because of the nature of content on those platforms, but the, the depth of engagement in, in the, the multiple modes with which we engage. We can upload content, we can share content, we can comment on content. I mean, it is about as dynamic as what the human does, a human function does in communicating and anything. And that's very different when you start to look at a, other models that are more passive, where all you can do is listen, and, or, or all you can do is watch and hear. But the attention right. stack is very oriented around things that, that access multiple sensory elements of the brain interchangeably, simultaneously. Um, in, but that's, that's the natural thing is what we human beings doing. The attention stack, really what is starting to uh, build perceptions because it's time. And the most valuable asset in this world is not money, it's time. You know, it's the one thing that Unfortunately, we have too much of it now. <laughs> it was once a scarce resource when we were commuting into work, and now we have yeah. excess amounts of it, and we're trying to offload it on things. Uh, but it's, it's the time factor that wears in like anything else. So the attention stack is really built on that premise. And when you move the conversation to an all-things video, you can actually prioritize the tiers of attention and understanding the different layers of, can accomplish different things. And what you end up at the end of the day is saying, okay, we need an ultimate sum of X. We know t- linear TV can do this much. Uh, YouTube yeah. can do then that much. Social video can do then this much. And then CTV, FEP, VOD does this. And then when you add it up, you say, okay, does that support our broader business objectives? And then you, you start to prioritize spending around. Like what should the allocation be against the things in that quote-unquote attention stack? And if your metrics are more brand awareness or engagement, to what degree are you moving the levers up and down against one particular media type? That takes the emotion out of why I tend to favor this media because it is very much along the lines of a consumer first perspective of where they put in the time and depth and what do you need to build as a value proposition and what allows you to do that or not do that. And I think that's just a smarter way of breaking down consumer psychology and all the different ways 
that we can relate to one single narrative uh, and using a, a variation of an attention stack to say, okay, how can we use that to sort of break down what we're trying to sell them and get them to buy into more of that? Right. It's, a, it's back to what's the business outcome? What's yeah. the action that we want them to take? Yep. And, and to your point, using different strategies to test and learn different media types to drive the consumer business rather than, I mean, we have separate teams, right? <laughs> I, I go to a media broadcaster and there's a team selling to, there's five teams selling different inventory Absolutely. to the same end advertiser and it and it's like guys like like you say unless we join this up it's always going to be these disparate siloed um performance results whereas if you pull it all together and say what's the narrative um how do we get people where do people engage most where do they spend the longest amount of time yep. i mean i know for myself right now and this will make you laugh my uh, my a lot of my family. I've been in the states for twelve years. A lot of my family, all of my family, apart from my daughter who was born here, are in the UK. Yeah. So what am I watching right now? I am watching Downton Abbey because it's British yes. and it's traditional, and it tells a story and it lets me escape. And yes. the accent, the accent reminds me of home, and I can get it on. I can get it on Prime for free and I can just watch it on my laptop and I can have my phone in my hand while I'm doing it. So again, <laughs> it's like, as you say, we've got more audience at home together than ever before. We're close to a hundred million increase in, in viewers. Um, now is the time to be brave. Um, and for those advertisers that have got... Um, They've got the money and um, they've got the story. They've been able to recraft creatives really quickly to align with a positive message during this coronavirus pandemic. Absolutely. I think those are the ones that are going to, that we're going to see win. Yes. Uh, when you think about your advertiser base, Albert, um, like, where are they right now? What have you seen spend shift in the last few weeks? Like, which, which customers are winning for you? Which advertisers? Well, I think the first thing is everyone went into, you know, a bit of a triage scenario of we need to yeah. reassess where we are right now. Are we tone deaf? It, it, does our, our brand personality and message match what is going on in the crisis? Um, right. Uh, let's, we know we're going to have to re, rewrite our financial plan the first thing we probably need to do right now is pause. And literally some of them essentially uh, pause. Some of them had real supply chain dynamics, t totally understood, uh, who are yeah. in B2B and B2C and they got to service B2B for obvious yeah, reasons. Yeah, we saw that too. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, and it's like, well, our B2C supply chain is on hold because B2B is being distressed right now. Um, mm -hmm. You see ever clients who just couldn't get to approvals because of what was going on and them having to retool, repivot, figure out are their new decision makers in play. Um, and then you see businesses, clients that weren't really or oriented around online commerce that how, right. now have to get very serious about it. And look, you know where you're going to take the money from. At this point, it's weird. And the other thing that I think was very interesting, and it'll be an upcoming podcast, is the window dressing and data-driven. 
everyone says they're data driven and when the crisis hits you're like so where's the where's the data driven decision making <laughs> no, where's the data <laughs> right <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that too so it's like oh you don't have it or not really looking at it uh, and I, I can't say that's necessarily the, the, the case with our clients but I think that's just a funny thing in the industry it, it's same thing with innovation where's the window the window dressing in innovation so we now have clients who have sort of regrouped, know their path forward, revisit their messaging, uh, updated their messaging, you know, with a more of a, like, you know, Lexus is people first, uh, which, yeah. you know, is more of the coming together, you know, Toyota Motor Corp had their messaging before. Um, and then we do have brands that even are in categories getting a natural lift. They still needed to take a pause to figure out okay, what does this mean? Does it mean like our budgets feel like they're bigger than they ever were because stuff is flying off the shelf? And some of them realize we can't overspend on advertising because we're actually going to run out of product. So we have to pace that down because the worst thing is advertised to a product that doesn't exist at retail right now. Um, so, you know, all those dynamics, everybody had a, a sort of a different scenario plan. So I think we felt and saw a bit of difference in everything. What we are starting to see is everything is really planning to come back online, as, as you would say, in May with a hard ramp up in June and July. So I think people have started to figure out their short-term new normal and will then figure out how the in-year financial plan looks like to decide how they are able to finish the year. And obviously most of them want to finish strong. Everybody wants a, a hockey puck stick sort of recapturing of lost sales and opportunity. But I think some of those brands will have to say, look, here's, here's the money we're now dealing with from a profit and loss standpoint. Here's what we can afford to do. And this really is a different scenario for 2021. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, uh, just from an attribution standpoint, we've seen certain categories of absolutely hockey stick it, yeah. you know, killing it in terms of performance, um, you know, online exercise, online education, as an example, yeah. even, uh, you know, home improvement, yeah. uh, financial stuff. We've seen a ton of that. I think... The data-driven piece that you talk about there is really interesting because, because we're a platform and the data mm -hmm. exists like live in mm -hmm. real time, people have come to us and said, okay, we're going to pivot and we're going to go over here and we're going to go from buying this to now buying yes. this. And we want to track every single dollar that we're spending in this new normal. Yeah. So we've seen some shifts in, in strategy for sure. The other thing that we've seen is... Uh, I've had bricks and mortar stores literally move their business to e-commerce business in 10 days. Yeah. Refilmed creatives, yeah. you know, uh, set up a website where you can pay online. I've even seen um, kind of mass uh, catering businesses who only did, you know, giant events now doing residential deliveries. Yeah. So I really believe that this is pivotal as we knew it. And, and you and I had always said, you know, direct to consumer is what everybody wants to be. Digital yep. natives that are used to consuming data in an always on, every hour, every, every day of the week, and they want the exact same fatigue. And why can't we just wrap this up into a platform that allows us to make and buy um, everything across the board? So, yeah. Super, super interesting. I also think that the freedom budget, as, as I'm calling it, which is the spring back 
right? So yeah. people are people yes. are now asking me like, what's the unlock strategy? And I'm like, hang on a second. <laughs> like, we just literally had, you know, mass panic. Everybody sitting there with their heads in their hands doing the knee-jerk reaction. Oh my God, I'm going to just come off and pause and go dark. And then yep. they go, oh, hang on a minute. My whole business is going to crater if I do that. Yep. So, you know, they're, they're now kind of, as you say, like figuring it out. They're reforecasting the plan. Um, and now I, I'm having people be oh, just you wait till July. It's going to be epic. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, okay. So people are, <laughs> people are already thinking about that. So when we think about, you know, we'd anticipated maybe $5 billion, uh, for the growth of, of OTT in, in 2020, yeah. you know, outside of YouTube and, and War Gardens. Looking at streaming right now, and you know, you took part in our OTT ebook. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Um, your belief is that advertisers should think about OTT like mobile video because of the similarities. Absolutely. And you are so right when you talk about people selling OTT is like people like they're selling it just like it's linear and it's an extension of linear. Like that's the knowledge gap in the industry. Yep. We know that OTT is on the top of the world right now. Yes. How, how like how do we monopolize on that and make OTT just you know, it's an extension of, of linear. It's not something different. It's all the same strategy. Yeah. So if everyone's watching, you know, you talk about your inside joke, like in the wake of COVID-19, yeah. how have people's attitudes shifted on, on the OTT piece? You know, we've seen it very positively. Um, we have moved it out of media types that we felt the behavior no longer really existed. You know, we did a lot of mobile display targeting, uh, with store visit tracking tied to it for some of our clients. And obviously with a stay-at-home order, if that store visit is not an essential store visit, like a grocery, drugstore, big box, right. you basically need to turn it off because that mobile experience is now an in-home mobile experience with all the other media types. So there's duplication in pinging someone on the phone when they're, you could ping them on connected TV with a more expansive time spent viewing content but with the same level of audience targeting and targetability as on for mobile display. So when you put the two together, it's a it's a, essentially a better vehicle just because people connected TV is consumed between smart TV, tablet, smartphone versus obviously mobile mobile display targeting. Traditionally, obviously, it doesn't include the smart television as a as a as a point of exposure. So we also moved heavily into digital audio uh, from a streaming perspective because. People can't engage in terrestrial radio as home as much because most of it's done in the, in the car uh, during driving right. to work. So it's a behavior yeah. that's turned off. But for the when we look at you know how we've been given this shelter in place order, you know we're in quarantine. However you want to describe it, it's almost like we have to replicate some of that into the the ad industry when we think about. You know, there's so much waste. It's so complex. It takes so long to get anything done. When actually you strip it all away, you need to provide the advertiser with the best results to drive their business forward. And I yes. think you and I touched on this when we were on that panel, but it, it's been really highlighted to me as a result of all the things that we're living through right now. I mean, look at live video, Zoom, TikTok. I mean, you know, we, we've got like 
massive airlines, you know, share price like hitting the floor and we've got Zoom and TikTok like yes. going up through the roof. Yes. Yes. You know, it's uh it's rather sobering because you know to the, to my window dressing analogy, there were things mm-hmm. that were they were almost like false prophets. When people say this is yeah. king, that is king. And you're like, no, really, it's not. And mm-hmm. uh, pandemics, crisis have a way of pulling the veil off stuff. And people start to see it for what it is. Even the people who are working in the business. I remember sitting on a, a, a digital out-of-home summit. And, you know, all the major players were there in the out-of-home space. And they said, look, you know, these guys are in the business of real estate. They're not in the business of technology innovation. That's why you have these massive screens in in, um, Times Square. That's their idea, a bigger piece of real estate, not facial recognition, geolocation, tracking foot movement on a block, block, you know, you know, the stuff that you think Sidewalk Lab and stuff that Google works on. They're like, nah, that's that's not an interest to them. And it's like, okay, but I mean, it's an amazing spectacle, you know, you know, if you're a tourist. Um, yeah. You know, it's like me going to Japan. I would probably do the same thing. Like, oh my God, wow, look at all the lights. And then, you know, after that, after that, it's kind of over. But it's like, yeah, but that's not how the consumer identifies with decision making in the world. Some sprawling digital billboard that wraps a block. I mean, it's a right. fancy piece of entertainment, no, nonetheless. It's a spectacle, but it's kind of like the 4th of July. We love seeing the yeah. fireworks, but we're not literally building fireworks every day. So right. it gets down to what was, what was never sensible. And the thing is, once human behavior starts to really so, show the, its, its psychology, like really unpack itself, then marketers mm-hmm. become keenly aware, like, oh, that, they didn't really care about any of that. None, none of what we thought was essential was really essential. It's kind of like if you look at the breakdown in the influencer market, right? A lot of the influencer yep. marketing stuff went offline. Because the average influencer marketing firm or influencer isn't a communication specialist. They don't do corporate comms. They don't do crisis management. They don't do public affairs. They don't do PR. They don't do do good. They don't do feel good. They don't do corporate social responsibility, which was basically the window we're in. So what viability do they have? So all the shiny stuff they were doing in terms of product endorsement has no real value at this time because its value was probably questionable anyway. So the reset is that if it isn't meaningful and grounded in a real human truth that matters, um, it's not viable. So it's not that the business, and I, you know, posted on LinkedIn, it's not that the business is going to go away. It's going to actually, this is a correction, a market correction, considered a bubble. And people talk about the influencer bubble in 2019. Uh, It popped. (laughs) So it now has to rebuild itself as like a real credible sector. And I think yep. that's what you're going to see across the, the, the board in almost every category. I mean, we find out what real leaders and fake leaders look like now. Uh, yep. We're, we're, we're going to find out what real government does and does not look like now. Um, and it's no different in, in our category. We're going to find out from a, an intention stack perspective to move people to do things or change their mindset, what really reigns king. So you start to see a TikTok, if done appropriately with the right sensibility could be more effective than that massive you know, uh, uh, spot TV or cable buy. That's just the human truth of the matter. People don't want to accept it because they know that disruption breeds insecurity. Uh, but yep. but those, are inherent, those are the inherent universal truths that are just going to continue to manifest as we go through the year. 
I think it, it comes back to um, being authentic, yep. right? And I think in, the, in this time especially, I don't know about you, I've had more open, transparent business conversations than <laughs> ever previously. I mean, even in, yes. I was in fintech during 2008, 2009, and everybody kind of closed in. Yep. Whereas here, we've seen the real side of people, right? Yes. We've seen people with their kids in the background, <laughs> their dogs walking over their laptops. You know, it's that authenticity yeah, the, 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 that I think people have craved and the storytelling of TV and video remains yes. so strong that as you say, it's the authentic storytellers that are gonna win in this. But I also think that, um, you know, it, it's how we recover from this and what we fundamentally change. When you talk about correction, you know, we don't wanna just you know they lift they they do the unlock and we all go back to how we were like that to me would be a travesty yeah, absolutely when you think of, yeah when, when, when you think about like where we should be as a result of this like yeah. you know we get marketers push aside the uncertainty and i know that's incredibly difficult but how do we adapt and do so in a data-driven manner and come out of this stronger than we went into it. Yeah, I think you said it when you, you, you get to see people's real self. I mean, we all know there are now more cat ladies in this world than we thought. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest... The, I have right, the, right, the biggest, right, the biggest thing I've heard <laughs> that's trending via Zoom is the amount of random cat appearances in front of the camera. They seem to have an eye for uh, human connectedness when it's going on, more so than our children do. So, right, they're my daughter's cats, and right. I tell you, at one point, like right. one of them will be just like sitting on my right. head, right? And it'll go, it'll go viral, but anyway, Ex exactly. So, when you look at brands' apprehensions in unpolished platforms, and that's everything from e commerce of you know, you know, you know, do we want to do Shopkick and, and Amazon to is TikTok and Instagram not, not not high production enough, you know, it doesn't, it needs to look like Marvel, you know, it needs to look like Michael Bay shot it. Well, when the average check writer is sitting with no makeup on, you know, a bathrobe, and look, it's the afternoon bathrobe, not the morning one, there is a distinction nowadays, <laughs> right? Um, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, that is a superhuman point of view of you now. Let's do some TikTok. Yeah. Like, you know, because yeah. look, TikTok is... Uh, it's not going to look any different than what you look like right now. I mean, I think what you hope is there's a disarming nature around the truth in advertising in terms of what can work and not this, this overly verbose tie to brand identity that seems to be a, a, a split personality thing between people think their brand is what it is and the consumer's like, no, it's not. Um, and and right. that would open up the opportunity for different levels of experimentation. I mean, the stigma around CTV is like, well, it's not, it's not linear. It's not cable. Like, to who? To to who the to the to the box on the end to the to to the the network cable providers you're trying to protect. Okay, but it took a while, and I think this is a notion when the younger generation, because we're stuck at home with them, is going to 
teaches how to seamlessly move through the world. You know, they move through cultures and think nothing of it, whether somebody's black, Hispanic, gay, Asian. Absolutely. They move through devices like, yeah, just watching. I'm like, why are all the TVs on? Why? Oh, and why are you holding it in your hand at the same time? You know, and it's like, if we took a page from them, we would seamlessly better and, and disarm our biases and navigate from platform to platform. And, and now what we're hoping, you, the hope is that because everyone now is a consumer, like at a strong clip, um, they now can appreciate the lens that we as, as agencies and media companies and platforms for measurement like yours bring to the conversation of saying, well, look, you lived it for COVID for a series of weeks or hopefully not months. So what is your view now on the agnostic nature in which you move from the den to the living room TV to your laptop to your tablet to your phone because that literally was your vacation options for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. I think we have a lot to learn from the next generation. It's going to be interesting. I mean, they have all adapted way better than we yes. have, way <laughs> quicker than we have. Uh, and I mean, I am grateful for the time home. I spent so much time flying that yes. actually being grounded with with my daughter is 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 spectacular. Um, but I feel really strongly about making sure that we truly learn yes. from this experience and that we carry it forward so that we're so much better prepared, not only for the next generation, but to better serve our consumers. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, th- I think the only hangover we may all face is it, it, the return to normalcy, having to leave the, the, the uh, additional connectedness we had with family sort of behind because... Um, we, we got that amount of sort of wear in time and now we have to give it back. I think there's going to be some of that, you know what, that some of that balance served a defining purpose and helped provide perspective. Um, some of that needs to be sustained. Uh, and the notion of jet setting doesn't hold the value because somehow we managed to keep the lights on and not see each other for months. So the notion of, oh, you got to fly and get in that room is like, no, you don't. You know, and look, yeah, for, no, you don't. for someone who's worked at home as long as I have, you learn how to nurture, nurture uh, connectivity and in, in right. still manage to have meaningful dialogue, connect, give information, educate, teach from a distance. I think that is just a strong business lesson in particular in our sector um, yeah. that which should hopefully move forth um, in that that notion of hashtag unplug that started to surface 2018. <laughs> Either we all get a little bit of that or it, it's, that is an obsolete notion because we're essentially getting that now in a better yeah. clip. Yeah. In a, mu- in a much better way. I mean, yeah. we have 100 people. We have, you know, uh, a weekly town hall where everybody comes on and you see 100 faces in front of you. Wow. And to your point, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you can be authentic and show your scars and show your normal life and right. you know no makeup and and hair needing doing and all the rest of it people just appreciate you a little bit more and i think um as you say like now we're in this place where you don't need to get on a plane you don't need to necessarily have yeah. those in-person interactions all the time because to your point when we opened this you figured out who could make it work and who's not that good at it. Like, 
there are those people that you know you know that you're going to be able to have a really yes. great meeting with and those people that you're like no i still need to go and see them yeah. in person absolutely um, anyway this was awesome uh thank you so much for taking the time absolutely so happy to have you so glad that you and the wider team are all healthy yes uh stay safe in minnesota and um can't wait to see you in person very soon absolutely you all be well as well thanks albert all right take care boom team go team, go team.